Welcome to the Lords of Loud. We're four music fans from Australia who've turned our old email debates into this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always is Lord Brett, the funny one, only because we've seen him dance, Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a mic, and Lord Al, the cute one, with the perfect face for any podcast. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Thanks very much for joining us again on another exciting episode. Uh, still in lockdown, unfortunately, but tell you what, we're into. I think we're into stage four now. Must be close to allowing us to go back into the studio and deliver much, much, much higher quality content than than what you're about to hear from us now. How uh, will we achieve that? I wonder. I mean, yeah, <laughs> really? I'm ho- I'm hoping for a miracle. Just like, okay. I'm hoping there's a vaccine for creativity, Kev. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping that's what stage they're working four, on. The miracle stage. Yeah. That's it. I, I just oh, want a vaccine. I want a vaccine for a Lord Owl. That's all I want. Well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to having to shave my palms to go out in public again. So. <laughs> I, one of the things I'm loving about the virus uh, times, and I know that it's, it's great for Lord Owl and walking around rubbing clear fluid into his hands in the street. Doesn't look normal anymore. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Oops. <clears throat> oh. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. So tonight's episode, we're talking about those uh, band members who lived in the shadows of. Yeah, more prominent front people or more prominent, you know, sometimes it might've been a a lead guitarist in a band that was the, you know, in a, in a, in the case of an Eddie Van Halen or something like that. Yeah. There was, it could be someone who just was maybe the creative force of the band uh, or didn't get the credit they deserved. Someone who just, yeah, really was outshone Mm. by uh, other members of the band and, and really tonight it's our turn to sort of give them their dues. So, find the light. I do love these. <laughs> bring bring intros them into the light. That's right. These little uh, intros are so handy, Ben, because I can see both Brett and Alan just going, "Oh, I didn't do it like that. Oh, that's not the way I read." <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> not the brief I read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's just like a little reminder of how far we've gone wrong. That's right. From what that's you right. really meant. Yeah. So yeah, when I said the shadows, I didn't mean the uh, the you know fifty sixties <gasps> guitar band. Yeah. Ah. Uh, all right. But first, one, of the shadows may, one of the shadows may have been in the shadows of the other shadows. Could have been. Could have been. Mm. <laughs> but of course, before we do that, we need to do the most important parts of the show, which is album of the week and our sponsor. And tonight, I believe, Kev, you've got another sponsor. Uh, sorry, another album of the week for us. I do. Yeah, I've got another album of the week for you, and it's another isolation album for me. And. Uh, yeah, another album that's just been getting me through. And this has been great to just have on the headphones while I'm working from home, while my four-year-old is, you know, I don't know, chewing a Batman's face or something. Um, this is Boards of Canada, um, the yeah, fantastic nice. Scottish yeah. electronic uh, duo. Um, yes, ironically not from and, Canada. And they've put a lot, not from Canada, no, but um, from the 90s. Um, yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the album I've chosen is uh, Music Has the Right to Children. Um, Great album. Great album. And um, that was their only 90s album, and that's why I picked it. It, it. it should really have been Tomorrow's Harvest, and I'll get, read you this little quote. Um, they're equally great albums, but Tomorrow's Harvest comes from a, 
a larger quote, if we salt the earth for today's gain, what will become of tomorrow's harvest? And um, their electronic music, very simple stuff, mm-hmm. uh, really has a futuristic and childlike um, sense of wonder and dread. It's just great for just that headspace of the times we live in. So mm-hmm. do yourself a favour, um, if it's not stealing a catchphrase. Um, get hold, get hold of some boards of Canada from yeah. Scotland. Well, I think I think you've you've really brought it back, Kev, to to what it's all about at the moment. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that, but I'll try with uh, this week's sponsor, <laughs> and it is the uh, late '80s uh, comedy company album. Uh, a great show that appeared on uh, Channel Ten back in the day oh. on a Sunday night, uh, and this. Mm-hmm was a, a sketch comedy show that introduced Australia to some of the most beloved characters, including Kylie Mole, uh, Con the Fruiterer, people like Colin Carpenter, uh, David Rabbitborough. Uh, yeah, some really, really, <laughs> really good stuff on this. So, uh, so this, not this exactly, not exactly politically before. correct these days, but uh, you uh, may, you may still, before it gets banned, please go out and get yourself a copy of the Comedy Company album at your local record shop. Oh, I didn't even know they did one. I'm assuming there's no music on it, or are they doing songs? Uh, well, funnily enough, uh, it is. It is like the, it's sort of uh, the best skits that they were able to sort of fit within a. Oh yeah, you know, well, a track, that makes sense. Yeah. A track length, but you know, Kylie Mole does do a, a couple of songs on here. Um, I think even any, uh, any Cindy Lauper. Uncle Arthur does a row, row, row your boat version on here. Um, oh wow. Yes. You've got, uh, uh, there's one other song in here. Let me think. I don't know, back in the day, there was one of these went, Con the Fruiter had a song and it, it actually hit the charts. So I'm, uh, I, you know, I'd have to go through here and work out exactly what it was. But uh, oh. I think it was just, I think it was just a couple of days or something, you know, uh, his catchphrase. Yeah. Con, Con the Fruiter, a couple of days. A couple of days. It was a massive, massive hit. Written there by, you go. Written by uh, Colin Hay and, and, and Greg Ham. Yeah. A couple of, couple of classic, wow. classic uh, artists. Wow. I don't, really? know. I, don't know if it is. I don't know if it actually is Colin Hay. I'm just, I saw C. Hay on the label. I'm just going. Are you making it up? I'm right. going with oh, Colin Hay. Oh, I'm okay. sure it was okay. Colin. Yep. All right. Let's it was either that or the Finn brothers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is that all the Finn brothers? Yeah. So anyway, Australian royalty, comedy royalty there with those guys on that, on that record. Anyway, let's move cool. into the show. And who wants to kick us off with a, uh, you know, a, a band member that they feel was sort of shadowed by other members of the band. So I know we're not talking about the Wrecking Crew, right, who were supposedly, you know, in the background making all, uh, recording all these songs and people didn't realise that their band weren't actually playing it, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone thought the Monkees were great, not only to find that the Wrecking Crew were actually playing it, right? So we're not talking about that. So I think p- potentially the guy is uh, Mike Campbell from uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. wrote, all, wrote all the songs with Tom. Yep. So, not all yep. the songs, but wrote, really contributed. Correct. Yep. Did amazing things. Uh, wrote with Don Hanley, recorded with Bob Dylan, uh, Stevie Nicks, Warren yep. Zevon, George Harrison. Yep. Uh, produced a whole lot of records. And, and I just think, and I guess. He was a real uh, musician's musician. A, a musician's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when they asked him to join uh, Fleetwood Mac in 2019, uh, everyone goes, oh, well, of course. You know, but I imagine there'd be lots of people turning up. Going, who the hell's that? Going, <laughs> yeah, right. who, who is, the, who is the, the old bastard up there with the beard? <clears throat> Thanks, Al. Uh, yeah, what's he doing up there? Uh, not knowing what, a, what a, the, the pedigree to which he sort of brings to that band. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Good one. Yeah, great. Yeah, fantastic musician. Super talented. Could have had a career of his own. Um, but yeah, just couldn't. Yeah, so, so was happy, was happy to sit, happy to sit there and play second fiddle to some of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah. I can't help about the shape I'm in. I can't sing. I ain't pretty, and my legs are thin. <laughs> but don't ask me what I think of you. I might not get the answer that you want me to. Multiple shadowed by multiple people, if you like. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he worked with Bob Dylan. He worked with uh, Linda Ronstadt, Jackson Brown, Bob Seger, uh, Neil Diamond. I mean, it's just like wow, this guy's just worked with everybody. Yeah, mm. walking down the street, no one would know who the hell he is. Yep. Mm. Yeah, good one. Maybe that's exactly how he wanted it. Oh, probably, probably shuns the yeah. spotlight. Yeah, that's right. Had all the fun. Didn't have to put up with people photographing him in his. Budgie smugglers at the beach. He's like the bass player, really, isn't he? He just gets all the girls, but doesn't have to actually be up front. And, yeah. uh, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> this place to get girls. You live and learn. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Kev, uh, what do you got? I'm going to hit it with one of my favourite bands. And, and I find there's a category for the Shadows concept. And it's okay, where. Um, why do I feel like you? What do I feel like you're you veering off topic already? So you have an identity, don't you? I'm just talking about um, the way to understand what the shadows thing is, and um, the identity of the dif- different person in the band, whoever they are, um, leaves everyone else in the dark, and you sort of forget that this was a band sound. So my um, my pick is Big Star, and my nomination is everyone else in Big Star. <laughs> Right, um, you know, sort of a land self became this sort of uh, enigma that um, you know through the seventies it was all about how sad Alex Chilton was. But when you listen to the records, the drumming and the bass playing, uh, one of the finest trios you, you'll ever hear. Um, so the other two guys, for me, um, sit in the shadows uh, of this um, very big personal favorite of mine. Um, just. Sh- purely because um, the interest was focused on one person, which you think out of three is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. happen in the police, didn't happen in other trios. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly it was the case for uh, for that band. <laughs> you know, the whole thing about Chilton was he wanted to be obscure. He didn't want the limelight, <laughs> ironically. Uh, sure. You hear nothing of, of the other guys. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, good one.
uh, Al, do you have something there? I got nothing. I've just got a whole <laughs> bunch of rubbish. Like you know. Well, can I ask you a question now? Yeah, David Lee Roth, you know, he was he was slightly overshadowed by yeah. so hidden, so hidden by the bass player. So <laughs> hang on, hang on. I've got a question for you, Al. <clears throat> yeah. Because when I when I was reading up some of this, I saw lots of people nominate the bass player from Van Halen. Okay. Well uh, So so what's your I, take I on, on Michael Anthony? Michael Anthony, that's it. Um I haven't listened enough outside of the album nineteen eighty four to comment like he's he's quite competent he you know i think as a band they work really well together but i don't know if he's outstanding and maybe he is i just haven't heard enough but yeah, yeah okay did he did he, did he write did he co-write any of the material like is that why people are saying uh, apart from being a you know good bass player whatever did he contribute sort of creatively as far as songwriting or like what i'm trying to think what I other people no idea. Are i had a feeling that it was mostly eddie but yeah, my, no, my understanding it, was mostly Eddie and. But everything I read was was, was, um, was basically the, the whole engine room idea of uh, his melodic bass, or whatever, just being enough in the right pocket. Mm. And I guess that's the yeah. interesting thing, you know. I mean, uh, uh, some musicians uh, uh, really help out by not trying to overshadow everyone else because you know, yeah. have a look yeah. at poor old Ringo, and and you know, if he tried to. Yeah, greatest drummer of all time. Everyone else in the band, then uh, you know. Um, so yeah, so I think I think sometimes uh, uh, being the shadow actually helps the band work. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, it'll that's be hard to true. compete. I think um, one of one of my picks would have been Malcolm Young from ACDC, whose job was to provide mm. this background. You know, this driving background. Mm. That chugging, the chugging guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, just like play out those riffs and, and do it in such a way. You know, people talk about um, brothers um, and having a certain brilliant harmony in terms of vocal performance and sisters as well, of course. But familial harmony works brilliantly. And I feel like there was a telepathy going on with those guys. They were just able to just make this brilliant guitar music. And Malcolm's obviously not Angus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Angus, if you go to any show, he is the limelight. And, um, you know, it's not off, not every rock band where the singer doesn't have a huge role to play, but, you know, ACDC mm. are a different kettle of fish, you know. The mm. crowd's chanting, I guess, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, very few folk are chanting, how come, how come. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been yeah. a great chant to start up but the next time I go to see them. Um, yeah, but you're quite right, Brent, in that. Category. Yeah, I think you're quite right, Brent, in that, yeah, you know, you do have to have other people just sitting back a little bit to let the obvious star shine. Yeah. Um, you can't all be... Uh, in that album, 1984, uh, apparently, like I'm just looking it up now, everyone contributed to the songwriting. Oh, okay, um, there you go. But, you know, whether that's... Uh, I mean, in the end, it's just like, well, what do you, what do, you do to perform your role in the band? And often okay. for a bass player, that's just, you know, keep it tight and know, know when to step up and when, when to step back. Yeah, you can't all be layers like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> or you right. know, do a whole bunch of walking bass that, lines. That is like the Paul thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, uh, well, okay. Sorry, we finished there with that question, line of questioning, Brett. Did you want? Is there any more you needed there? No? Yes. 
Um, so I, the one I had, um, I think, uh, possibly mentioned this before, but Robbie Krieger from The Doors. I mean, you know, co-wrote most of their big hits, certainly. Certainly Light My Fire and, and some of their other hits. Um, great guitarist and really brought the musicality to it along with, you know, Ray Manzarek on, on the keys and that sort of thing. But obviously outshone by, you know, one of the biggest personality sort of front people of, of all time in, in um, you know, Jim Morrison. So I, I don't think even to this day he gets the credit that, that he deserves. I'm sure he's, he's certainly got the royalties, but he doesn't have the, uh, you know, the popular acclaim outside of, you know, music fans who understand the, the sort of story. Yeah, I had I had Ray Manzarek on my list. In fact. Well, I could have chosen I could have chosen either, frankly. Yeah. I mean, great musicians and yeah. But he, yeah. Robert, Robbie, right. in particular, think, um, Robbie particularly, Robbie particularly wrote, writing. yeah, yeah, Rob, Robbie particularly wrote, yeah. you know, wrote or co-wrote most of their hit songs. So, yeah, I think that that's true, and I, I, I think that Manzarek though was an interesting innovator in the fact that he was in a rock band playing bass and organ. You know, yeah. and uh, gives him yeah. a, yeah, a yeah, special, yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, a special sound, and um, you know, it's, it's it's an interesting facet of this that um, what you end up thinking about is not so much people. Well, they are overshadowed by this enormous front people who become cultural icons. Everyone is, do you know what I mean? Almost anyone in the orbit is. They were such a good band, and the band is about everyone being at their optimum level. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, I had I had down um, the rhythm section from the Smiths as a as a kind of a, a version of that, um, because because it was all about Morrissey and Mar, the singer songwriting team, you know, and it was all about these guys. Um, if you listen to how brilliantly um, the, the rhythm section of the Smiths just give give that support. And the, the the intricate bass lines that Rock was playing, you know, that's another, you know, a nomination of mine. Mm. Cool. Yeah, good one. Brad, you got another one there? Uh, yeah, and, and it's interesting, you know, when I try to look for the commonality in everyone I'm choosing, it is that whole thing of you're stuck in this band of show ponies and um, and by by surviving there and not, getting in their way, you, you do a whole lot. So I think John Entwistle from um, The Who is a class, you know. Yeah, you could, on my list, yep. Roger out there, you know, swinging the, you got Mr. Townsend over here and then you got this drum, this mad maniac drummer. There was no position for him to, to no. do anything. But he still wrote songs. He still had, he still did some really innovative uh, uh, bass lines. 
um, and he's a real player. contributor. But yep. yeah, 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 can't really compete. No, yeah, you had two, yeah, you had two, yeah. you had two yeah. front men and then you had Animal on the drums. Like, you know, you can, you're not, yeah. you, there's nowhere to compete in that band for, you know, for attention. No, no. And, so, and so, of course, I, I put him in there with, uh, with Ringo that, you know, and, and the sad thing is Ringo, uh, uh, you know, gets bagged for not being a good drummer. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand um, because he's not, over the top and writing songs and, and you know, in the melody, uh, that doesn't make him any less of a contributor. And, and in fact, he's a really sympathetic drummer to all the Beatles music. Yeah, you, and it's the same thing, you know, if he, if he tried to, it would just be, a, it would be a disaster. That's right. And there's a, there's a great clip on YouTube actually where um, a drummer does a, like he's doing a, you know, whatever, master class or class, you know, class on drumming. And he's like, well, let's take a track like um, you know, Ticket to Ride from the Beatles. And he says, this is how a normal drummer would play it, you know, and he just does a standard, you know, he's just doing a standard sort of, you know, four, four sort of rock beat, whatever. And, and, and it just sounds so muddied and, and overcomplicated. And, and then they, then he does the, and this is what Ringo played. And it's just this, you know, the, the classic, you know, yeah, it's just that very sparse beat, which just, that's the song. His, his, his drum line in that song is the song, you know, like, and and there's yeah. countless there's countless Beatles songs where the 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 sparsity of his playing is what makes the song. You know, he's not just doing a he's not just holding down a you know a sort of a rock beat or whatever. He's he's playing he's playing what all he needs to do for the melody. You know, for what the song needs and and for the structure of the song. So um, yeah, grossly underrated. And yeah, good choice. It's interesting hey. to me, like as a drummer, that his one track where his drum track is almost the star of the song is um, Tomorrow Never Knows. Yeah. And that track in itself inspired an entire genre of music. Mm-hmm. Um, the big scene in the, in the UK, you know, mm-hmm. the Fatboy Slim Sound and the Chemical Brothers just picked up on that yeah. one track and almost made an entire genre. Um, and that was, that was just in stepping out of the limelight for one second for me. Like, because to me, that, that is a, a rhythm from heaven. It's just fantastic. And the rest yeah. of it is a psychedelic yeah. nice single single chord song, crazy. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and and he he comes out and plays something in seven eight, and <laughs> you know inspires an entire uh, genre of music as as a yeah. lot of Beatles songs did. You know, tiny little parts were taken and and and, and, and folk ran with it. So yeah, it just shows you, I think what we're getting at here is that these people who were in the shadows had enough power in and of themselves to yeah. have that. And I think there's a, there's a story too, and I'll, you know, just because we haven't mentioned much Beatles in the last few episodes, I think it's my role to bring it back to the Beatles. Um, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have jumped into this. And, you know, and, and mention, <laughs> and mention George Harrison, because there's a, there's a, there's probably a, another sort of a slice of this where it's people who were in the shadows, but sort of through their journey with the band became, you know, as, as leading a, 
uh, you know, personality or, or as leading a light as, as, as some of the front people back in the day type thing. I mean, George Harrison, you know, joins the Beatles in, when he's 14 years old, you know, by the end of their career, he's mm-hmm. writing something. Here comes the sun, you know, why my guitar gently weeps. Like he's, he's writing the best material in that band in those last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like you go from not being able to write a song at 14, not, not even having any idea how to write a song. Um, and come yeah. out and come out of a band yeah. having a having you know going on to have a successful solo career writing some of the best material yeah. in the beatles like how it, talk about a journey and from someone out of the yeah, shadows even, into even, the even light. with all of that i agree with you but even with all of that said culturally speaking he was still as a beatle sure in the shadows the quiet, the quiet beatle. Beatle. yeah no, I get yeah, that. yeah yeah you know, totally. which is kind of astounding in itself totally yeah, didn't, um, didn't get the credit he deserved. And, and again, I, I think um, I had a few others that were that were in uh, a category I'm going to call everyone else in. And um, a band that we mentioned in another session, uh, B-52s, um, really fall into that category where it's all about, you know, Fred and the girls. And you've basically got a guitarist and a drummer. That's it. Um, is the rest yes. of the providing yeah. this driving, innovative you know, funky, psychedelic and, and endlessly creative selection of short songs on which vocals can be just thrown at and performance. Mm. You know, and they are the quiet ones, you know, and then, you know, there's, there's so much in the shadows I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> As if to prove my point. Um, guys. Every, everyone else in the Verve, um, Richard Ashcroft became, yes. you yeah. know, the face of the Verve when mm. they broke through. Um, but that's a band. That's a band sound. You're not listening to uh, Richard Ashcroft's voice. You're listening to a band that wrote great songs together, you know. And um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to name any of them, um, you know. Not that I'm, like, you know, on top of all this stuff. But you know, what I'm saying like that's to me the they, they um, jumped up as um, someone who fall into that category as well. Yeah, and, and I, to to join that category, Kev, you'd, I would suggest all the other guys in Radiohead, right? Uh, Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, you know, they're they're the they're the front people who are most famous. Yeah, but you can't you can't suggest that you know Phil Soloway on drums, percussion, you know, mm. he could have he, you know in, in all that electronic and he just could have quit the band and said I don't want to play with this anymore. But he's in there making loops and 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 contributing, and and I think, yeah, you'd be remiss to say, oh, look, it's only, it's only Johnny Greenwood and Tom York. That's true. That's another category. Um, but I, I would say I was surprised you didn't mention uh, Mick Taylor. Yes. As, as a yes. Fan. Yeah, that's right. Who's he? Well, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably no, wasn't in the band so long busy. enough. Mick Taylor was the replacement um, guitar, uh, guitar lead guitarist. Um, sorry. When Brian Jones, when Brian Jones uh, died or moved on, was moved oh, yes. on from the band and yeah. eventually died. Um, yeah, Mick Taylor came in, but maybe he wasn't. Uh, even though he was there for a very cri- you know, critical part of their career, yeah, maybe yeah. people don't understand that as him being a proper member of. Oh yeah, and, and maybe he's not considered as incredibly you know? creative period as well. Like that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the output was amazing, and he was there for all of it. But um, if you ask a man in the street who's in the Stones, they would mention yeah. Brian Jones Mick, before not, they mentioned no. him. Yeah, exactly. They're not no. going Mick Taylor first. Mm. So, all right. So, 
I've got another one, um, you know, friend of the show. I know we've mentioned him before, and that is Ronnie Lane from uh, Small Faces, and obviously the Faces after yes. that. But um, yeah, I mean, talented guy. Co-wrote some of the Small Faces' biggest hits, Ichiki Park, All or Nothing, uh, along with Steve Marriott, who, you know, obviously a fantastic frontman, awesome vocal. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think. Ronnie was one of the, he was the guy who sort of almost held that band together through small faces into the faces era, uh, wrote some great songs with the faces as well. Again, outshone by incredible front people. Uh, you know, Brett, I know you're going to jump in here uh, in Rod Stewart. That's right. Um, and, Righty. but was happy to be that sort of uh, that more background. He certainly sang, yeah. he certainly had his lead songs that he'd written like debris, which is one of my favorite probably is my favorite uh, faces song. Um, but yeah, just one of those guys who obviously went on, had a, had a solo yep. career uh, with his, with his band. Um, what's it called? Ronnie Lane and the. Uh, Lee Nobody's. <laughs> the Nobody's. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the Shadows. Yeah, clearly, clearly <laughs> the Nobody's. Yeah. Um, slim Chance, Slim Chance, sorry. Mental blank. Ronnie Lane, Slim Chance. It was his little band, his solo thing after the faces. But um, yeah, one of those tragedies in music too. Uh, died of multiple sclerosis before his time. But uh, yeah, talented guy who, who went through some of the classic bands of the era and mm. wrote some of the great songs from those bands and just didn't get the, get the credit you know, that he deserved. The trap you'd and the use you before you even know. For love is blind and you're far too kind. Don't ever let it show. I wish that I knew what I know now. But when I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. But when I was stronger, the can can't. And the faces and small faces, I guess it was really like the earlobe. You know, he's, yeah. he's there, but you don't really pay attention. That's right. He, he was, was the there. back of the face. He, he was, was the back <laughs> of the face. <laughs> he was the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> he's an intriguing mole on the upper lip. <laughs> All right. So anyone else got any other artists they want to throw up? Any other shadow uh, players they want to throw up? Al, I know you've, you've got to give us something this episode, surely. What have you got? Well, I've got... Of course, I'd have to break the brief to do that. But yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's anyway I'm going to... Yeah, I'm only, it's anyway I'm going to adequately uh, contribute here. So mm-hmm. it's more um, an underappreciated talent that somebody has, and it's Stevie Wonder. And, of course, you know, we all know that he can sing and he can play piano and whatever, mm-hmm. but he plays drums as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. pretty much, I mean, I'm, the only album that I know for sure that he did Supersti- I think um, almost all the drums on was uh, um, was Talking Book. No, he played tw- uh, Superstition as a Talking Book. Oh, so, yeah, 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 he right. played yeah, drums yeah. on that. Um, you Are the Sunshine of My Life. Um, he's he's yeah, in I mean, his own sure shadow. He's in his own shadow. Um, but he, does, he doesn't know. 
But it's gone meta. It's a thing, you know. <laughs> to him, there is no colour. There's just yeah. yeah, and we just lost our That's right. our uh, visually impaired uh, part of the audience. That's great, Al. Thanks for making jokes about. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's kind of like, I know we've talked on another time about, um, right, you mentioned George Michael, that he's a multi-instrumentalist, but you wouldn't know it unless you read, uh, you, you know, the liner notes you on said, an album. You said multi-instrumentalist, didn't you, Al, just to clarify there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes. Just want to make sure. Um, what else could it be? Uh, <laughs> that's what I was just clarifying. But yes. <laughs> so, 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 hang on, hang, just hold on here a second. Al breaks mm. the brief completely. We're now talking about hidden talents of super famous musicians, and everyone's well, just going, "Oh, yeah, yeah, good one, Al. Thanks for contributing, mate. Yeah, you've yeah, really yeah. done us a great. Yeah, no, you've really done yourself proud here, mate. Well, you've I've got, you've got lifted, nothing else. Mate. You've lifted your own bar. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Often. It's literally, it's literally better than nothing. Thanks, Al. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry, look, we, we'll take anything from him at this point. That's, a, just, that's a thing. No, remind the think, audience, you know, we are taking auditions for uh, members. <laughs> of, so, yeah. No, it is. It, 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 they are artists whose uh, big talent overshadows their, I guess, uh, unknown or lesser talents. So yeah. he's overshadowing right. himself. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I get it. I get it. Yeah, and apart from the, it's like a ball really? of is. Like a ball of light, but with a building in front, but part of the ball as well. It's very involved. Yeah, I, think, I think we cut it off. Wow. Cut it off there. Wow. So, so apparently El- Elton John, uh, you know, is a good knitter, but that's overshadowed by that's his right. piano. That's <laughs> incredible, incredible knitter. I don't yeah, hear that's right. There's one awards at his local it. county fair for knitting, so... Uh, I, but I don't hear the knitting on the albums, you know. Oh, if I could hear sake. the click clack, that'll be something. So, yep. maybe yeah, maybe the knitting inspired him to write superstition know. or something. Oh my Apparently, God. Rolf Harris could play the gum leaves way better than the wobble boards. <laughs> yeah. well, didn't, if, didn't get much chance to use it on on records. So. Uh, well, or, or, or those things in prison. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the leaves, the leaves of a book or something from the prison library. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, right, that. no, that's good. That'll be that's Thanks guaranteed that, to get us yeah. banned on every platform we're on. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Anyone else have anything they want to contribute there to try I've to got, rescue I've got, I've this got conversation? One, I just want to break, kind of break the brief as well. But I think that my love for Sid Barrett is overshadowed by your love for the rest of Pink Floyd. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I, I think I think he's someone who should be firmly in the shadows. Yeah, I don't, oh, he is. Look, I don't. He is. But but he's not. He's I'd not. Have to, he's I'd a, have to argue with you there, Kev, just on the point that while he was active, while he was an active member, he was the front person of the band. So it's not like he yeah. was in the shadows. He was he was writing the songs. He was the front person singing, etc. So sure. even though in the if you look at the whole career of Pink Floyd, for those who you know came into Pink Floyd during their height of popularity with you know, your dark side, you wish you were here, your wall, um, you know, those, those people might see him as a, as a shadow player. He was, he was the front man back in the day. That's true. That's true. I, and I would, he was, he say, was a crazy diamond that it doesn't get more bright and shiny than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, think I, I would say in, in the music press, he, he gets, I think, far more uh, sunshine than shadow. Um, 
you always have to talk about him. And it's just like, dude, he just contributed. Like, yes, he may have got the band together or whatever. But when you look at the band's entire career, it was just this, it may have been the spark that started it, but that was it. It was a bit of a flake, you know? And you listen to the songs, you're just like, yeah, that's a bit rubbish. (laughs) He invented art rock. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was just him. And then left, and then they became corporate rock, and then I left. (laughs) 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 And that's the career. That's lovely. That's a timeline. Let's draw that little timeline up beautifully. Yeah. In your mind, Kev, I'm seeing your Pink Floyd journey. It, mir- it sort of mirrors uh, Genesis's journey from sort of prog rock into commercial. Rock. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're yeah. thinking when, the. You're thinking when the, Gabriel leaves, I walk. That's right. <laughs> I'm wearing, I'm following the guy with a lawnmower. I will see you in the car park because there's some very middle of the road sounds emanating from the stadium right now. Oh, wow. Okay. I am done. And before my head implodes, I think we better end it there. Um, so <laughs> please go on our Facebook uh, page, go on our uh, Instagram page and let us know in the comments. Yes. If there's other artists that We've you got believe. Instagram page? We're in the, <laughs> we're modern. That's good. Kev. What's, We've got a MySpace what's page. What's MySpace. Go to our MySpace and let us know yeah, <laughs> other artists that you believe, uh, run fairly in the shadows of, of <laughs> certain bands. Uh, and yeah. Otherwise, stay safe and please... No, sorry, Brett, you want to add something? I was going to say, just don't tell us about famous people's hidden talents. I mean, that's just bullshit. Let's just that's not right. Let's not go down that bloody rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, stick, stick to the point. Yeah, stick, to stick to the brief. brief. Stick to and the brief. And if you yeah, po- possibly sake. not always bring up the same acts week after week after week. Yeah, and right. I'm just going to throw it. I'm going to throw it out yeah. there to our creative director that we need maybe some stick to the brief T-shirts on our uh, merch yes. page. Done. I don't know. And, and maybe a, and maybe a, maybe a do yourself a favor T-shirt. You know, I think there's probably yeah. a couple of options. There's people. There's people just gagging to get themselves into one of those T-shirts. I'm oh, sure. tell them Ben sent you. Tell them Ben sent you. <laughs> yeah. Like it. Well, well I think if we if we do the keep to the brief one, then you need to uh, stick to the brief. Then you need a, a sheep at the bottom. You know. Uh, Okay, I think you've lost everyone there. You've got to follow the herd. That's what you're saying. Oh, Don't be an individual. Oh, right. Just be brief. Oh, Keep to the brief. Oh, that's one of your right. best. All right. You're just so creative. <laughs> <laughs> and again, taking auditions for members of Lord's Lad. Uh, just, yeah, Can I just say them. that we've been doing these isolation specials for a while now? Yeah, I, I think we're all going a bit around the twist. But in the background of Lord Al's um, scenario there, all I can see is Storage King boxes that just looks like he's killed someone and chopped them up and put them in his garage. I don't know why. Yeah, we're not sure Lord Al's family's alive at this point, is what you're saying, Kev? Yeah. Because the smell is atrocious in here. Or whether it's just there ready to be dumped. I think he's living in a storage container. I think he's living in a storage (laughs) container. I think that's what I'm thinking. Is yeah. this is no, you know, this is this is the only people I've spoken to in a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, a head on a stick in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next time, Wilson. Same channel, <laughs> uh, where we will explore those and other mysteries on the Lords of Loud. And don't forget to check out our website, lordsofloud.com. And also find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Laws of Loud.
Thanks for listening.